comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Kingdom Addict. Kingdom Addict. Well, we thank God for another Sunday before God. The Bible says they go from strength to strength. Every one of them is Zion appeared before God. And I pray that in this service, your strength shall be renewed. You'll be empowered for a new week to do exploits in all areas of your life. In Jesus' precious name. Let's bow down our heads even as we thank God for his preservation and protection over our lives all through this month. I want to say, Father, we are grateful. We honor you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for all that you've done. We are grateful. Lift up your voice wherever you are and thank God and give him praise. Honor him. Honor him and magnify him. He deserves our praise. He deserves our worship. He deserves all glory, all honor, all majesty, all the praise. We thank you, Spirit of God. We bless you. We give you praise. It's a thanksgiving service. Spend a moment and thank him and give him praise. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise for our families, for your preservation, for your protection, for your provision. Lord, we thank you, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' matchless name. Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. For it's of your mercies we are not consumed. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us and giving us the privilege of appearing before your throne. Today, we have assembled before you with hunger and a desire to receive from you. Spirit of God, our hearts are open, our minds are ready. We ask the Lord, you speak to us, that your word come upon us like rain. In the name of Jesus, for your word declares that your word shall be that would go forth, and it shall not return to you for but it shall accomplish the purpose for which you sent it, and it will prosper. Let your word prosper in the life of every hearer, everyone tune into this broadcast now, everyone that shall watch it later. Let your, pros- your word prosper in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I give you praise. I give you glory for supernatural assistance, spirit of God. Touch my mind, touch my voice, touch every part of my being, and use me to be a vessel to communicate your word of truth. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Understanding the times and seasons has been our teaching for the past six weeks. And I trust that They've been a blessing to you so far. 
for the past three weeks, I've been teaching on the time to change. The question we seek to answer in every service is what times are we in? We have looked at the time of life. We've looked at the time to own our health. We've looked at the time to unite. We've looked at the end times, which we are still looking at in our midweek service. And in our Sunday service for the past three weeks, I've been teaching on a time to change. A time to change. One of the lessons that COVID-19 has brought to all of us is that things are not normal anymore. There is an expression that we are commonly using, new normal. Things have changed. Things have changed. The way we used to relate with people has changed. The way we used to run businesses have changed. The way we used to run church has changed. A lot of changes are going on around us. And as believers, we need to understand the times and be able to make the most of the moment. When things are changing and you don't know it, you can be taken unawares. But you don't want to be taken unawares or you don't want to be a victim. Changes are happening around us all the time. But when you are conscious of change, you are able to make change work for your good. But when change takes you by surprise, sometimes it may not be too good for you. That's why you need to understand these times. These are changing times. So we need to have a proper understanding, a scriptural perspective about change. So we can make the most of the seasons. We said that when we say we talk about change, we are talking about letting go of the old and embracing the new. We also said that change has to do with doing things differently. Change has to do with transformation. Changes are not always good. Some changes are bad changes. But even in the bad, in the worst of changes, God is still able to make something good out of those ones for us. Because the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 28, Sir, and we know that all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly changes, they all work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Two days ago, I received a message from someone and he sent me a message. And he said, Papa, I thank God. It looks like the COVID-19 is working together for my good. So, you see, something that for some people is, uh, and I, 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 I replied the WhatsApp back. I said that we know all things work together for the good of them that love God, including COVID-19. So, you see, for you as a child of God, nothing ever works against you. Nothing ever works against you. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, he says, For though the outward man perisheth, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I like that text. He says, Our light affliction is working for us. Our light affliction is working for us. Ideally, affliction should be working against you. But when you are a child of God, God is able to make affliction work together for you. That's why I know that this negative season, the negative season that COVID-19 has brought, will certainly turn together for your good. If you believe it, you can type an amen. amen. So, we looked at foundational thoughts about change. We said that change comes in different shapes and forms. Then we also said that change is never easy for anyone. Change is never easy for anyone. Number three, we said change is necessary for all. 
change is a vital necessity for everybody, anyone who desires to live a progressive life, anyone who wants to advance. The world has seen a lot of advancement because the world has gone through a lot of changes. From riding on donkeys to driving cars to uh, being transported by speed trains to flights, all of these are changes that have come our way. From using a, a phone card to call to now using mobile phones, these are changes that have brought significant impact to our world. And it's important that we appreciate that change is a necessity for progress, for advancement in every area of our lives. Change is necessary. We touch on the fact that people relate to change in different ways. There are those who dread change. There are those who deny change. There are those who defy change. There are those who dismiss change. And there are those who decide change. We talked about 10 reasons why change we must be open and receptive to change. We said that change is constant. We also said that change is foundational for growth and maturity. Change is critical for survival. Change is essential for progress. Change makes us relevant. Change makes us highly competitive. Your ability to change makes you very competitive. Number seven, we said change makes us innovative. Anytime changes are happening, our creativity and our innovation is also on the increase. Then we said that change challenges our potential. Every time you sense changes around you, you begin to discover yourself anew. There are so many things that are hidden in you, great potentials hidden in you that you will never know until you are forced to change certain things. And then, of course, change ushers us into new opportunities. So I have no doubt that this season will bring you new opportunities. New doors are open to you in the name of Jesus. Then we said that change, failure to change can be very costly. Failure to change when we need to change can be costly. Then we touched last week, last week and last two weeks, we touched on the fact that there are 12 negative changes we must aggressively deal with. 12 negative attitudes we must aggressively fight with in order to win our battle against COVID-19. We said that the attitude of not taking life threatening matters seriously was one. Number two, we said the attitude of making life-changing decisions without counting the cost and planning effectively for it. Number three, we said the attitude of caring much less about your health. The attitude of living comfortably in filth. The attitude of of lawlessness and disorderliness. The attitude of rejoicing at the weakness and the failures and vulnerabilities of others. The attitude of holding on to vain and retrogressive traditions. The attitude of exploiting others to maximize profits in times of crisis. The attitude of offering or doing mediocre work. The attitude of seeing the internet as a platform for entertainment rather than the two for work and global influence. The attitude of seeking external help always to solve our internally generated problems. And then the attitude of excessive partisan politicization of matters of national interest. Amen. All right. This morning, I want to bring closure on the time to change. And in the next few minutes, I want to walk you through enemies of change. Change is vital. Change is critical. All of us are called to change. God expects us to change. In fact, God initiates change. 
The Bible says, Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall he not know it? If we serve a God who is constantly doing new things, then we must be a people who are constantly adapting to new things. We must not struggle to change. We must not struggle to embrace new things. But there are certain enemies, certain attitudes, certain mindsets, certain behavioral patterns. If you don't deal with them, they will stop you from changing when you need to change. And you must understand that things that stop you from changing usually will stagnate your progress. Changes are not always positive, but changes are always designed for someone's benefit. And it's always for the benefit of those who know how to adapt, who know how to relate to change. And I pray that the changes that are going on in our world, the changes that are going on as a result of COVID-19, these changes will bring you advancement. These changes will bring you progress in every area of your life in the name of Jesus. So we want to look at enemies of change. And the first enemy we want to look is the fear of change. You must understand that the fear of change is an enemy of change. Many people fear change. And usually people fear change because they have a negative view of change. They think that change is bad. Change is not always bad. Change is not always bad. Somebody was laid off. When he was laid off, he discovered his life purpose. When he was working, he could not earn more than 5,000 CDs a month. But after he was laid off and began to pursue his dream and passion, he ended up earning about 10,000 CDs from the business he started. Change is not always negative. When we know how to relate with change, we can make the most out of the worst of changes. That's very important. Change usually comes with uncertainties. You are not sure of the future. These are things that heightens people's fear for change. You remember when we are told in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, the Bible said, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place which he shall later receive for an inheritance, he went not knowing where he was going. So it takes faith to embrace change. If you are the fearful type, you are likely to resent change. You are likely to fight change. But when you fight change, you may be fighting your progress. So don't fight change. Don't be afraid of change. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Don't be afraid of change. When they are making changes in your office, don't be afraid of change. Keep on updating yourself. Keep on upgrading yourself. As long as you continue to improve yourself, you will never be afraid of change. People who refuse to change usually fear change. You finish school 2010. And from 2010 to 2020, you have not improved yourself since then. So when you hear that the office is going to make some reshuffling, you begin to fear. You are afraid. Why? Because you have not changed. You have not added value to your life. You have not changed in the past 10 years. So when changes are coming, you'll be afraid. But when you are constantly upgrading yourself, constantly improving yourself, constantly honing your skills, you are always ready for change. And you are never afraid of change. The first enemy of change is the fear of change. The second enemy of change is tradition. Tradition. The Bible says in Mark chapter 7 verse 8, it says, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. 
the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. Mark 7, 13. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. Tradition. Tradition. Our educational system trained us to look for job. So when you finish school, after your national service, the traditional way to go is to write application and move from place to place to look for job. And if you can't get a job, that will let you wear a tie, wear suit, and be in an air-conditioned environment. You don't see it as a job. If you get a job at a construction site, a graduate is not, is not fitting for a graduate to work at a construction site. All these traditions keep people in bondage and it keeps them working in lack and want. Our traditions, vain tradition must give way. You look at the story of John the Baptist when he was born and you see how people relate to tradition. We have Luke chapter 1 verse 59 to 63. The Bible says, so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. Take note. He shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. That's how people who are traditional think. When they are trying to do something, they look at things that people are doing. If nobody has ever done it, that's not something they should try. No. I mean, uh, graduates don't sell tomatoes. How can I be a graduate and I'm selling tomatoes? And I say it all the time. If your mother was able to sell tomatoes, in Kumasi, yeah, people sell tomatoes in a doom and they are able to build a house. People build houses with charcoal. So if somebody who was a stack illiterate sold tomatoes and was able to build a house, sold charcoal and was able to build a house, you can imagine if you bring your skill you have acquired from the university to it. You can see where you take the business. But traditional mindset, traditional thinking have denied people who should be gainfully employed, has re, have relegated them to becoming unemployed. Look at again, Peter Acts chapter 10 verse 9 to 16. The next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went on the house top to pray about the sixth hour, verse 11. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance, 11. And saw a heaven open and an object like great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth, verse 12. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and bears of the earth. And a voice came to him, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. Look at what the hungry man said. Peter was hungry, he has a dream, and he's told to eat. Peter said, no, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And that is how a lot of people are living their lives. Opportunities are coming to them, and they are telling themselves, I've never, I've never done this kind of job. I have never gone this kind of way. I have never operated business like this. I have never done business this way. Listen, as long as you keep on talking, I have never, I have never, I have never, and you will not challenge yourself to open yourself up, begin to try new things. You are not likely to, to see progress. This was Peter. 
He had at this time been an agent of the gospel to the Jews. But this time, the Holy Ghost was going to open a door to the Gentiles through his ministry. But Peter said, I have never, I have never. That is how traditional mind, mind, tradition-minded people think. They, they never open themselves up to new things. They don't want to try things they've never done before, particularly because they have not seen people do it around them. But God does new things. That's why you need to be open to new things. Number three, the third enemy of change is pride. Pride, 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 pride. And with pride, I see it in the life of the prodigal son. I see it in the life of the prodigal son. The Bible said, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat and to spare? And I perish with hunger. Look at verse 18. I will rise and go to my father. And I will say to my father, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Verse 19. And I'm no longer ready to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Can you imagine? He says, I'm, go I'm coming back. And when I come back, I don't want to be called your son. I want to be like one of your hired servants. I want to be like one of your hired servants. There are people who sometimes, instead of humbling themselves to be in business, they decide to keep themselves there. Maybe this COVID-19 has affected your business and your finances are down. This is not the time to live a certain kind of life when you cannot afford it. This is the time to come down, reduce your expenditure, cut some expenditures down. This is the time to do that. And instead of pride, what will people think of me? Sometimes you may have to sell your car in order to use a, a certain particular kind of car so you can survive the season. You say, ah, what will people think of me? It's not about what people will think of you. It's about how to stay alive, how to stay in business. This guy had come to the point of his life. He had made negative decisions and these decisions had come biting at him. And he had to make another decision. And he laid aside his pride. He was a son, but he was ready to come to the status of a servant. Why? Because it is better to be a servant and have food to eat than to be a son and be eating the food offered to pigs. That's how the prodigal son saw it. A lot of people are struggling to change, battling, uh, finding it difficult to change because they are too arrogant. They are too arrogant. They are too worried about what people will say about them. They are too worried about what people's opinion may be about them to the extent that the changes they need to make in order to be comfortable, they are not making it. Why must you live your life to please others while you depress yourself? Why must you live your life to make others feel comfortable and yourself uncomfortable. The last time I checked, the Bible said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love yourself. Put yourself first. Mind your business. Don't care about what people, it's better to stay in business than to lose your business because you want to have a certain kind of impression or have a certain kind of appeal. Pride denies people the opportunity to change. He said, I will go back. Some of us, sometimes, we walk away from certain jobs because we are too proud. You are unemployed. You are looking for a job. They say they will give you 800 cities a month. He said, me, 800 cities a month. Where I used to work, they used to give me 2,000. Listen, that was where you used to work. Now, you are not working there anymore. 
So it's better you take the 800 and stop sending people WhatsApp for mobile money. Send me 50 cities, send me 100 cities. Stop sending that and receive the 800 cities a month. That is, brings you dignity and honor than refusing the 800 and begging people. It's better to live with 800 cities than to be a beggar on the streets. Humble yourself. When you humble yourself, you have no idea where God can take you. The Bible said, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in this season. There are people who sometimes complicate their matters because they are too arrogant. May the Lord give you grace to walk in humility. Number four, close-mindedness. Close-mindedness. There are people who are close, they are one plug. One plug. They cannot simply receive solution when it is offered to them in another way. Every time they are looking to solve a problem and they look at it from one eye. Listen, there are too many ways to solve a problem. One particular problem can be solved in different ways. Five plus one is six. The same five plus one can give you six. Three plus three can also give you six. So you can get the same result by using different methods. And you must be open to different methods. Look at what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 13. It said, better is a fool, better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. The Bible says, better is a poor and a wise child than a, an old and foolish king who is not open to learn new things. There are people, they are so close-minded, they are not open to learn new things. You show them the internet, they don't want to learn how to do business, how to set up an account they don't want to learn. They, they are just too comfortable. When you are like that, you become obsolete very fast in life. May you be open-minded. An open-minded person is willing to learn new things. He's open. Number five is the status quo. The status quo has to do with how things have always been done. This is how we used to do it. This is how my fathers did it. This is how we started it. This is how we want things done. Listen, there are times we have to explore and challenge the status quo. God is doing something new. And sometimes some of the things God does, they challenge the status quo. So if you are the type who is all out to maintain the status quo, you may miss out on what God is doing. God can use a donkey to speak. God can use human beings to speak. God can use a child to communicate to you. You remember in the house of Naaman, the people who used to talk, were the adults. But one day, when God wanted to bring healing to Naaman, he decided to speak through the house and the maidservant. Imagine that in that house, they were not open to ideas from maidservants. If it was a kind of house where everybody spoke his mind except the maidservants, children are allowed to speak, sisters, elders are allowed to speak, but servants were not allowed to speak. Can you imagine? Naaman would have died a leper, but because they were open, they were open to new things. That happened. Naaman became new. Naaman became healed. Naaman was healed. May every sickness, every plague that has locked you down and bucked you down, may you be delivered from it in the name of Jesus. Number six, past and present success. Past and present success. Sometimes one of our greatest enemies to change is our success. Be it in the past or in the present. Sometimes 
we use certain methods and we achieve a certain level of success in the past. And we can become so addicted and glued to that method that even though we can achieve better results adopting new methods now and enhance our success even more, we are still locked up in the old. That can be an enemy of change. Your present success, you remember the Swiss watch uh, story I shared with you. They were at the peak of success. They were leading the uh, watch making industry at the time. So when they had the proposal to change, they said no. I mean, we don't, there's no need for it. At the, at the present, we are the leaders in the uh, watch industry. Why change? Why change the winning team? Why adopt a new strategy? But they didn't know that within the next few months, within the next few years ahead of them, they were going to be relegated to the background. They refused to change. And others bought the rights. And in no time, the Swiss industry, the watch industry was relegated to the background. May you not be related to the background. It's important. Success is great. But when there are new methods we can use to multiply our success, we must be open to it. There is not only one way to success. There are many ways to success. I mean, many scriptural ways to success. And we must be open to all of them. Number seven. The seventh enemy of change is inflexibility. Inflexibility. When we say somebody is inflexible, it just means that the person is not flexible. He's not flexible at all. He's not open to other options. It has to be this way or not. He goes for an interview and he goes, I remember a gentleman who went for an interview and they were giving him offers. They were just trying to uh, negotiate with him, giving him options. His mind was so made up that when he left the interview, they realized that no, they couldn't work with him because how, the way he defended his position at the interview, they realized that no, if he's that strong-headed about how much he wants to be paid, he can be strong-headed about a lot of things. You must be open. You must be flexible in life. It's very important. Be flexible. Be flexible. Look at Apostle Paul. That great apostle of old was very great and was very successful in his work as an apostle because he was very flexible. He said, to the weak, I became as weak. He said, to the Jew, I became as Jew. To the Roman, I became as a Roman. I mean, everywhere Paul went, he adapted. A flexible person is able to adapt to situations. A flexible person knows how to live with abundance and also knows how to live with lack. A flexible person, and I tell you, you must learn to be flexible. As a woman, learn to be flexible. You must learn to enjoy money when your husband has it. You must also learn to live with lack if there is no money. There are some women, they are one block. The moment there is little money in the house, the fight will continue. The moment money comes, she's the happiest woman. You are a bad woman. That was the kind of woman Job's wife was. Everything was fine. As long as Job had money and things, parties were going on, she was a very hard. But the moment Job had the challenge, he said, curse God and die. Job said, you are a foolish woman. Foolish women lack the capacity to go through the, ch the various changing phases of life. Look at what Apostle Paul said. He said, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. That is a flexible person. A flexible person is content with whatever he has. When he has big salary, he's content. When he has small salary, he's content. Everywhere in everything, he says, I know how to live with almost nothing. 
and with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. And look at verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Don't just quote it out of context. The people who are able to do everything in every situation are people who are highly adaptable. They can adapt to situations. They can adapt. They are flexible. They are not rigid. So what I'm saying is that if you are going to embrace change and advance your life forward, you have to learn to be flexible. Be flexible. Be flexible. You were trained in a particular field. But now, jobs in that field are not available. Be flexible. Pick up a teaching appointment. Pick up something that is available. Anything that is available. I always tell people that there is always an available job. A lot of people are jobless because they want a desirable job instead of the available job. But it is the available job that sometimes gives way for the desirable job. When Joseph went into the prison, his job was to take care of prisoners. In Potiphar's house, he was a maid servant. As he picked up the jobs that were available, available at every stage, he ended up, he ended up becoming, occupying the position he so desired. That's how life is. If you cannot make do with what is available, God will never give you uh, that which he has in mind. The Bible says, he who is faithful in that which is least shall also be faithful with that which is much. And finally, is comfort. Comfort. If you are comfort-minded, you are not likely to open up to change. Comfort can be an enemy of change. Pastor, are you preaching against comfort? No, comfort is good. But when you live your life and you live in a state of perpetual comfort, you are not likely to progress. Comfortable people don't make progress. People who progress in life and advance in life are people who constantly challenge themselves. They challenge themselves. They challenge their own uh, mark. They challenge it. They were able to jump maybe five feet high. They challenge it. They always want to go higher. Go higher. Go higher. They set standards. And they break their own standards. That is how people advance in life. So when you become too comfortable, you are at a place where you are working at a place there's no challenge and it's because of the salary you are just there. There are people like that. They are not challenging their potential. They are not challenging their creativity because they are comfortable. They give you 5,000 a month, you are just comfortable. But you have no idea what God has put in you. You have no idea how much more you could be productive if you would dare challenge yourself. So, these eight things, if you are able to deal with them, will be able to embrace change. Number one, we said, to embrace change, we must not be afraid of change. Number two, we must deal with traditions. Number three, we must deal with pride. Number four, we must be open-minded. Number five, the status quo must be challenged. And then number eight, the past and present, we must relate well with our present and our past success. It's good to be successful, but don't re re relax because you succeeded yesterday. Success yesterday may be failure tomorrow. That's why you can't relax. Number seven, we said we have to be flexible. Don't be uh, so rigid. Be open to change. Be open to new things. And then number eight, we must move out of our comfort zone. I trust God that I ask you deal with these enemies as you uproot these enemies from your life. 
You'll be changing. You'll be moving from glory to glory. You'll be moving from better to best. Every area of your life, nothing will remain stagnant again. You'll be changing from glory to glory. The Bible says we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. May that be your testimony in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Bow down your heads. If there are any of those enemies in your life, it could be pride. Whatever those enemies are, you know them. I want you to speak to God concerning those enemies. Any enemy that is stagnating you, any enemy that is making it difficult for you to transit and change into the next phase of your life, any enemy that is making it very difficult to embrace the change that this season has brought, the change that God will have you embrace, Open your mouth and speak to it. Whether it's pride, if it is comfort, pray God that God will bring a storm to you that will move you out of your comfort zone in the name of our Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. Maybe you are online, you are not born again. The first and most important change you want to embrace is to embrace Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to be born again. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. I believe with my heart that you died and rose for me. Today, by faith, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. Thank you for saving me. And making me your own in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for saving everyone who prayed that prayer. Thank you, Lord, that they will be established and rooted in you. Nothing shall take them away from your presence in Jesus' precious name. If you pray that prayer, I want you to look on the screen for our number. Send us a mail. Let us get to interact with you and be able to help you in your work with God. The Lord bless you as you take steps to make the necessary changes designed to advance your life. The Lord bless you for being part of this broadcast. Pastor Afuaka has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuaka, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any further information. Log on and be part of our power-packed online services live every Sunday for our celebration service at 9am and every Wednesday for our discovery service at 7pm on Facebook and YouTube using the handle Faith House Charismatic Chapel International. God richly bless you. Hey!